Hey guys, it's Corey from CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, and I just saw Avengers Endgame, written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, based on the original comics by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Jim Starlin, and directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Alright, up front, just telling you how this review is going to work. I'm going to start with the theater like I usually do, I'm going to do a little bit of the plot, I'm going to do a review, and I'm going to do the leaderboard. During this entire time, there will be no spoilers. After the leaderboard is over, I will get into a little bit of my spoiler conversation. So if you want to see that, then stick around for that part. Otherwise, no worries about anything being ruined for you before you walk into Avengers Endgame. All right, so up front, I saw this movie at the AMC Burbank 16. And specifically inside the AMC Burbank 16, I saw it in the Dolby Cinema, which is a really incredible theater to go check out a movie, especially something like Avengers Endgame, especially something really big and huge like this with uh, big battle scenes. It's a great opportunity. Anytime you would see something that uh, a blockbuster-type movie, Dolby Cinema is the place to go. It's a dual 4K laser projector, uh, Dolby Atmos sound, and really everything about it was just wonderful. It, it, the black levels were incredible. Uh, the colors were very vibrant. It felt like the place to see this movie. I will say, uh, from my perspective, though, I sat uh, in a first row, a couple sections back. Uh, there was the light for the, the aisle that was on the whole movie, and there was also a little tiny uh, glass, plexiglass type of thing that actually took up like the bottom... 16th, 8th of the screen. Um, it wasn't a deal breaker, but I mean, it was a little bit annoying and sort of ruined my incredible <laughs> experience by having glass covering up the bottom of the screen. Avengers Endgame takes place in the immediate aftermath of Avengers Infinity War. Uh, the snapping has just happened, and the remaining Avengers need to figure out uh, how to bring people back, how to defeat Thanos and how to move on from this point. And that's what Avengers Endgame ends to do. So up front, I really enjoy this movie. I will say that uh, there's kind of an aspect of I don't think you get to please everybody with this thing. But in a way, it's also done in a way that sort of pleases everyone. So if I can give an example, uh, think about a friend that you've had for a long time. Say uh, you grew up with some... Uh, I have a friend, Christopher, who I grew up with. Uh, so I've known him for 25 years. And when he got married, I was really excited for him. I was excited for him like I would be if my brother or sister or someone else in my family got married. He, he's that close to me. And while the wedding that he planned wouldn't have been the wedding that I planned, I had a really great time at the wedding. And I enjoyed the fact that there was some sort of culmination to this whole thing and that it felt right for the situation. So even though you might not walk into Avengers Endgame and walk out feeling like you've been completely satiated, I think that there's an aspect of it which is right because it sort of feels like the culmination of someone else's story and sometimes you have to enjoy other people's stories to truly get what you want out of it. So a touchstone I've I've had over the course of these reviews 
that I would like to come back to right now in, in relation to the point that I just brought up of like sort of like a best friend's wedding kind of thing is that <clears throat> with this movie, it is so much more difficult to make something like this than it would be sort of just a usual everyday movie. And as it is a movie, every movie that is made is already incredibly difficult. It's, you know, I've talked before about the example of day one of shooting could be scene 50 in the script. And that first scene that you're shooting could be after a uh, character's daughter has died and they're they're very emotional about this and as a director you have to know where that character needs to be emotionally so that when the actor gives the performance you can say oh no by this point in the movie you're going to be a lot more torn up about it like you're you're not quite in, in the same place of grieving that i need you to be uh and just sort of having the vision of the whole movie throughout the entire thing even when you're shooting out of order, which every movie is shot out of order, is incredibly difficult. And that's just one of the thousand aspects of a film that you have to worry about if you're a director. You have to worry about all the crew, all the cast, everything. Uh, notes from executives, producers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, is this going to work when we install the CG later. There's a thousand things to worry about. Um, and you can't bat a thousand. You're just making decision after decision after decision. And that's kind of what makes this even more impressive in a way. So, I mean, you have the best of the best. You, you, you can go out and get any crew you want. Uh, the cast is loaded with more stars than any movie we might ever see again in our lifetimes. It, it's, it's a lot a lot of good things are already set for you before we even begin but i mean it it's it's like starting a company and that company being gm or something like that it, it's it's just so much work and there's so many people and you know if there's a problem with gm and somebody in the factory screwed up and it's becoming a big problem then the person who hears about it is the CEO of GM, not the guy who made the problem. So it, it you have to you have to just have this incredible knowledge of what you're doing and a way to get there. And not just the Russo brothers, uh, but everybody who has directed one of the Marvel movies up to this point. Everything that has led to this moment is just an incredible feet of film and it's a little bit different i mean we're in a we're in a new place now where tv has never been better and in my lifetime tv has gotten a lot different i mean it used to be that you would watch a, a show and there wasn't too much of a serialization of the the storyline as much it was, it was you you would be able to watch any episode and sort of get an idea of what was going on because the Companies who, you know, the net broadcast TV networks wanted people to be able to just come in on the show and enjoy it regardless of whether or not you had seen any episodes up until that point. Uh, the sort of franchise building of movies 
has sort of created like this TV style formula where you can create episodes of an overall sort of season, if you will. And I mean, with 21 Marvel movies down, I mean, we're effectively at one traditional broadcast uh, season where they had 22 episodes. And it's sort of, it doesn't fit as well as TV does. It doesn't, the, the season arc doesn't feel like it's quite the same. But also with Marvel, you don't have, I mean, it, it wasn't the same as, you know, like making all these movies at the same time. It's, you've done this over the course of 11 years. Things are different than they were at the beginning. And just to keep, everything moving and everything the way that it's supposed to up until this point is just a, a feat that should be admired regardless of whether or not you might have personal problems with what happened in any particular movie or Endgame in particular. So all that being said, uh, with Endgame, I think that it can be seen as a masterclass of how to do all the little things. I mean, like if you were an aspiring DP or something like that, uh, it doesn't, you know, this isn't the best shot movie ever. And it shouldn't be seen as like an example of like high craft and stuff like that. But the fact that just the, the actual X's and O's of getting it done is, something that would be beneficial to a lot of people. And I think that if you're looking for something that works itself into a particular position that it needs to be in, there's almost nothing that we've seen that, that has ever sort of matched this level of excitement going in and meeting those expectations, at least to uh, a, a degree for most people than almost anything else in entertainment. And I mean, like, you know, I talked about TV there for a second, but, you know, this is almost like a completely new thing. It's like when TV was invented. And, you know, movies have been around for, you know, more than a century. But, I mean, like, it, it's it's still the fact that we, we, we've gotten to this point where it's something new. It's something different. It's, it's this hybrid of what we've known and where we're going. And it's just a wonderful thing to think about in terms of like just from an outside perspective looking in so along that line i would like to i mean i've been doing this thing where i pick somebody who's below the line who did an incredible job but for this one particular example i'm going to go above the line and that's kevin feige who's been the producer on i believe all of these marvel movies or you know for the 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 better part of the last decade and him being sort of the point person who works between all the directors and all the writers and all the cast and all the people who at various different stages of the production to make sure that things are that the the trains are running on time and to make sure that the people who are brought in to do things are sticking with a plan that will be able to work itself out over all these movies is just, it, it's, there might not be a better example of producing on this scale ever. And the fact that 
you can look across the way to DC and see how much trouble they've gotten in, you know, where they make one good movie and then one bad movie and then one good movie and then one bad movie. And it doesn't feel like any of these things match up at all. And it's just sort of throwing random things out there and hoping that they stick. This is not the case with Feige. He's just been able to keep everything in exactly the order that it needs to happen. He's been able to keep creative people from eating each other alive. And that it's a skill that's unlike something that we've ever had to deal with before. And it's, it, it's really – someday the book will be written on Feige. And they'll talk about the, all this time at Marvel, and it'll it'll be something that everyone needs to see because it, it's just it, he he's he's brought something that's never been done before to a new level. Leaderboard, assemble. This is the first movie that I've seen at the AMC Burbank 16. Uh, something that I will definitely do again. Might even do it for John Wick, which is coming up next week. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, moving on to the leaderboard. This movie is so tough for me to rate, personally. Just because it, it has to be so many different things. Much like I, I, I said about the, uh, the review for Infinity War... It had to be so many things to set up for Endgame. And I think Endgame is kind of a different... I don't want to give it like the Fast and the Furious treatment because it's not like the movie is bad and needed. you need to understand certain things to be able to get through. It's a good movie. There's certainly things you need to have seen before this to, to really understand it in a way i mean like i i i never thought that you know thor the dark world was going to be so important to every single marvel movie that followed it uh if you're not up on your captain america movies you're gonna have a little bit of trouble i mean not necessarily trouble but it, it would be so much easier if you had seen all of them because you're going to get a lot more of what's going on here overall it's a spectacle and it's a beautiful culmination of a lot of time and effort spent by fans, the filmmakers, everybody involved. And if I had to get a review, I would give it an eight even. Uh, for what it is, I couldn't imagine it being better. But at the same time, it's not quite as good as I feel like it could have been. It's it's a weird place to live there in the middle. And it's not a detriment to the film. It's kind of a... It's, you know, the superlative to the film that it's as good as it is. Uh, and I don't think that, much like somebody else's wedding, it's never going to be exactly what you want it to be. But as long as it's what it's supposed to be, that's what's important. Anyway... Uh, that's it for me. If you want to stick around for the spoiler conversation, that will be happening right now. All right, guys, it's just us now. Uh, a couple quick thoughts. I don't want to get into like all the little like, 
you know, where does this stand up against the comics and blah, blah, blah. Because to be honest, I'm not really the best expert for that. I love comics. I've done uh, my own <laughs> work that is comic related. If you haven't seen Heretics, then check that out. Um, I think the one thing that kind of bothers me is that it, it just feels like there was a little bit too much. It, it was just a little bit too extra for me. So, I mean, like I enjoyed Fat Thor. I thought that was a lot of fun. But it was sort of like you get Fat Thor in combination with the Hulk who has managed to keep his shit together on top of, you know I mean? Like it's, it just feels like everyone needs, you know, along with Tony Stark now having a daughter, like it, it seems like as much as it's been five years, it shouldn't be quite like that. Like it, it, it seems like a lot of things have sort of fundamentally changed and that, that sort of threw me a little bit. Um, I enjoy the idea of sort of like doing a time travel heist movie to fix what had happened at the end of Infinity War. But at the same time, there there wasn't anything new that was done with the idea of time travel or, you know, in this case, like quantum, <laughs> quantum jumping and stuff like that. But I mean, it's... At a certain point, I feel like you have to like the, the there there was sort of that talk of like, well, what you know about time travel isn't quite right, but at the same time, like you know, it, there's another aspect of it where it is you know one thing that changes here will affect the future, and it's sort of tough to understand where that line actually is. At what point can you go back and change things without having a butterfly effect where it changes everything in the future? Um, you know, example of which when Captain America goes back to return all the, all the stones and then we see the old Steve Rogers sitting there on the park bench. It's hard to imagine that we could live in a world where he could go back and return the stones and sort of set the timeline right, but at the same time, him not being here when all these events were happening in real time in the movies that Captain America was in, are, is that all gone? Is every single aspect of Captain America with others now different? I mean, it, it's just, it's like he wanted to to have a chance to actually live his life, which is nice. It was a, it was a really touching moment, but the more you think about it, the more you're just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I mean, more in line with the like time aspect of it all is like at one point, you know, Iron Man asked Dr. Strange, like, you know, it was this, what does the one that worked out? And he's like, well, I can't tell you or else it won't come true. It's like, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I mean like, why aren't you doing things that are like, you know, it, if a pitcher is throwing a no hitter and I can't talk about it, but I got to express that opinion to somebody. There's ways I can, I can say it without saying it. And I think that there was more to that where, you know, Dr. Strange could have just been like, Oh, I don't know. I think we're getting close. You know, he didn't have to actually come out and like tell everything, but that's, that's fine as well. Um, I think, 
Like, a lot of people were excited about Thor and the Guardians teaming up for a future movie here. I'm still a little bit upset that we didn't get any real solid ability. Like, to, So, Star-Lord has kind of been ruined by Infinity War, and the fact that he didn't get any retribution in Endgame just makes me not care about that character anymore. He he essentially got us into this whole trouble because he had to front off against Thanos while they were trying to steal the Infinity Gauntlet prior to the snap. And if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that, then we never probably would have had the snap and all the events that followed it. That's that's the way they were setting it up in Infinity War. And the fact that we go to Endgame and Star Lord does nothing. He's you know, it's not like he has a moment where he's able to fix anything. Like Captain America gets a moment to fix things. Uh, Captain Marvel gets an opportunity to fix things. Iron Iron Man gets a chance to fix things. You know, like everybody along the line has their has their moment in some way or another, except for Star Lord, who I feel like really should have a bigger moment to make up for the fact that. I still hate him from what he did in the first movie. I mean, it's putting it in an awkward situation where if they don't ever talk about it, then were we supposed to just forget? And I don't know, like the whole thing sort of. And just because I brought up Captain Marvel, her coming in and being like, oh, I'm the one to save y'all. And like everyone's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she goes away not to be heard from for a while and then comes back at just the right moment, takes out Thanos's ship. And then it's just sort of like, all right, well, peace. I, I did my part. Like it, it, I feel like there was a lot of potential Captain Marvel that was left on the table. And especially if you're trying to set up for the Marvel movies that are going to be coming in future phases of the Marvel cinematic universe, you know, setting up, Captain Marvel to have these moments in the future by giving her something really big. Now, I mean, like it, it really doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, I, you know, Spider-Man feels like we've come to this new place with Spider-Man at the end of Avengers Endgame. I like he, he's uh, sort of been handed the mantle from Tony Stark as like the next one who could potentially, you know, be the leader of, this whole thing and it's a wonderful moment. And when you see like, you know, trailers for uh, far from home and stuff like that, you get really excited because you're just like, Oh, this could just be like the first Iron Man movies again, where it's starting to build him up to the moment where he's going to be like Iron Man is an end game, like that important to the, to the whole operation. But none of that for Captain Marvel, none of that for, Star Lord, <laughs> I mean, like it. It just it it feels a little bit deflating at a at a point. And I really like the movie. I really I really had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not pecking on these things to be a pill, but it's sort of like it, I feel like there could have been like a summit at some point. <laughs> Where Feige and the Russo brothers and you know Waikiki and Favreau and 
James Gunn and all these people who've been involved the whole way long could sort of say like, all right, here's our script. Here's our movie for Endgame. This is how we're going to end the whole thing. Let's poke holes in it. Like, let's just go around the room and we're all pretty smart. We're all pretty creative. Let's figure out ways that this wouldn't work out. And I feel like if you spend some time trying to poke holes, you strengthen the overall thing. And I'm not saying that they didn't spend time, you know, there, there might've been an earlier draft where it was even more all over the place and they needed to bring it in. This is how they got there. But it seems like there's a, a lot of questions that could have been answered more thoroughly throughout the movie. If there was just a little bit more thinking about how these things were going to play out prior to shooting it. Anyway, that's it for me. If you want more, you can go to my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, or at LegendsZB5 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, if you want me to see anything in particular, please send me something. Uh, please like and comment on this review if you feel the need. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got a ton of great movies coming out. I want to go see a ton of things and do reviews on all of them and share them with you. Uh, John Wick 3 is definitely on the itinerary. Um, further in, we got uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and other things like that. But let me know if there's something that you want me to do a review on because I would love to make you happy. Anyway, if you don't mind, I think I'm going to go now.